What's up, everybody? How you doing this morning? Come on, are you doing good this morning? Oh, come on, you got to match my energy. Are you doing good this morning? <laughs> Man, this is going to be a good one this morning. I, I Listen. I, I, I always think that what I'm going to talk about, oh, man, this is going to be good. I, I do. There's, there's rarely a moment where I'm getting up here and thinking it's going to be a real stinker. So we're just going to get out fast. But really, this morning I am pumped. I was thinking if we needed anything in our life, we need what I'm going to talk about this morning. If we, if we, I, I'm just, I'm so excited about this subject because I'm realizing more and more, uh, even as I see our culture and what we live in, man, how much we need what I'm about to talk about. And I'm so glad that you're here. If you're here for the first time, we are pumped that you're in the room. Come on, give a huge shout out to all of our first time guests. If you're watching online right now, we love you so much. We're so glad that you're watching this morning. If you're watching for the first time, we are so glad. Do not change that. Just, I mean, just stay here. Don't scroll anymore. Just stay right here. It's going to be really good for you. Right, everybody? Right? Yeah, you're stuck. You can't go nowhere. You, but uh, everybody else, there's go, just stop. Don't scroll anymore. Uh, I, I, um, I, I'm really excited about where our church is going as well. Uh, where our church has been growing these last couple of months uh, really unpre unprecedented for us as a church, and we're really excited about that. And I was uh, hearing even Marty Shea talking about what we have coming up, and I, and I just want to echo that for Easter. I want to let you know there is so much power in your invitation. There are going to be people that are going to come to know Jesus because you invited them to come to a church on Easter service. I'm telling you, there are people that God is putting on your heart right now. Don't push that away because God is actually putting you in a position so that heaven can start coming into somebody else's world. And are you so grateful that somebody invited you, that somebody made a way for you? Let's not just let that stay with us, but let's start inviting, start praying about it now. Start asking God, God, who do you have for me to invite to Easter? I promise you they're going to say yes. I promise you they're going to, they might not even come on Easter, but they're going to come at some point. And so I'm just asking you, let's, let's all as a church family come together and say, God, who do you have that you want me to invite? Because God is pouring out his blessing on this church and I want to be a part of it and I want you to be a part of it. And so let's all come, come on, can, let's all come together and invite. Invite some people and see God come into our neighbors, our, our, our friends, the people that we work with, uh, people that you don't even know that well, but you're like, okay, I'm just going to invite them to church, and they come, and God does a miracle in their life. I'm, I'm expecting that to happen here at Easter, and, uh, and, and it, even as we've been going through this series, we've been seeing uh, families after families come in that have just been coming the last couple of weeks. We're so glad that you're here. You saw uh, Evan, or you saw Shay and Marty talking about growth track, and and the reason that that is so important is because we want you to plant deep roots because we know that's the best for you. And that's the best way to be able to do that. And so please make that a priority for your family so you can really not just attend a church but be involved in a church family and feel like people know your name and know who you are and are excited that you're coming to church. Isn't it great when you see somebody smile at you when you come into church and not frown at you? 
Right? You know, like this, it's, uh, I'm glad church is something to be enjoyed, not endured. Right? And so I, I'm, I'm excited about what is happening here at church. We've been in this series called Get Ready With Me, talking about the armor of God. And we've been going through different stories of the Bible and actually seeing Jesus as he is actually these, one of those pieces of armor every Sunday. So we talked about the shield of faith uh, two weeks ago. And, and then uh, and, and as we were walking through the next week, last week, we talked about the belt of truth. This morning, I want to talk about something I really feel is going to impact every single person in this room, watching online, not because I'm so smart, but because God's so good, talking about this idea of putting on the shoes of the gospel of peace. If there's anything that I felt like our world needs, it's peace. Just, just look around our culture for a second. No one's peaceful. No one's peaceful. No one's settled. No one feels like everything is together. And, and I'm telling you, what, what really makes me um, like, oh, this hurts, is because I, I get when people who don't know Jesus don't have peace. But I don't get when people who know Jesus don't have any peace. Where they're running around and, and, and there's just no, there's no bit of settledness in their life. If, Ephesians chapter 6 verse 13. I, I want to talk about this idea of having peace in your life. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 15. And as you're going through this, I, I, I want to... I want to make sure that we understand that God didn't just set this up for somebody just to read something. He gave us these tools so that we can have a full life. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13, therefore put on every piece of God's armor. Put it on. My, my son is learning how to get dressed. All right? I'm trying to teach him how to get dressed. You, but... But there are times where he's like, no, dad, you do it. And I'm like, no, you do it. It's not because I don't love him anymore. Because I'm trying to teach him how to be mature. No, no, no 25-year-old should be getting dressed by his parents. Right? 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 Am I, okay, some of you need, we need to have a parenting small group. <laughs> come here, come here, son. No, <laughs> no you just uh, you don't do that. But you know, you, so I'm trying to get him to be mature. Do you, do you know that God is trying to get us to mature? It's our responsibility to put on the armor that He He's given it to us. Now He wants us to put it on. That's why He said, "Put on all of God's armor." So that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we're not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, authorities of the unseen world. People are not your problem. Uh, against mighty powers in this dark world. Against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Oh, you know, this is a reminder that we're fighting something spiritual. We're not fighting something that we see, but we're fighting something that we're unseen. And so if we're fighting something that's unseen, we got to have something on us that's unseen. 
And so, uh, therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so you'll be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. So that after the battle you will stand still and be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness for shoes. Put on the peace. That comes from the good news. So that you will be fully prepared. For shoes, put on what? Peace. You know that God wants us to live in peace. God wants us to live in peace. Come on, church. God wants you to live in peace. He wants your family to be at peace. He wants your bank account to be at peace. Come on. He, he wants your family life to be at peace. He, he wants your work-life balance to be at peace. He, he wants your uh, thoughts when you're by yourself to be at peace. He wants the conversations that you have with friends to be at peace. He want, come on, he wants your marriage to be at peace. He wants the way that you treat your kids to be at peace. He wants peace to what, when you wake up, he wants your mind to be at peace when you go to bed at night. He doesn't want your mind to be scrambled eggs. He wants it to be at peace he want, when you wake up in the middle of the night. It's not crazy thoughts. Is it at peace? Oh, I'm going to go back to bed. He wants you to be at peace. He wants your life to be filled with peace. And that's why I said put on, put on peace. And so, so you see, Jesus is called actually the Prince of Peace. So you see, you see this story in Mark chapter 4 of Jesus being the Prince of Peace. Verse 35. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. This was a big deal. Because, you know, you read this and just think this is just another thing, but, but all of Jesus, most of Jesus' uh, disciples were fishermen, and they knew that this lake, the size of this lake, and in fact, uh, where it was uh, ge uh, geographically was a place where a storm could come up in a moment, and especially at night. And so for Jesus to say to his disciples, at night, let's go to the other side. They're all like, oh, why? That's dangerous. That's stupid. Listen, you're good at Bible stuff, but leave the boat stuff to us. Because we're going to, listen, it's a lot safer to stay right here. But Jesus said, let's cross over. To the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat, started out leaving the crowds behind, although other, other boats followed, but soon a fierce storm came up. Can you hear Peter? That gummit. I told him! What? What? Come on, guys. You know, you, you just feel the frustration. Or even the, like, oh, this is bad. This is bad. We should have stayed. We should have stayed. 
over at this side. Now we're in this problem. Now we got this problem coming up and taking a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat. When you have water coming into the boat, just for all of you who don't know anything about a boat, that's not good. Water should stay out of the boat, not come in to the boat. And it began to fill with water. They don't have an outboard motor. All right? Back, just don't think, hey, just, all right, let's go. You know, their only motor was this. You know, and, and, and they're, they're in a world of trouble. And the world of trouble started because they decided to cross over. They decided to go somewhere new. They decided to leave where they were and go to somewhere that Jesus wanted them to go to. And, and I want to remind us all that forward movement usually means storm movement. Forward movement in your life usually means storm movement. Staying on that land would have kept them safe, but it also would have kept them from where God wanted them to go. And there's so many times that we want to play it safe instead of getting into a boat and actually crossing over to where God wants us to go. I understand that there are some things that are maybe uh, frustrating that look, when you look towards your future. I understand that you might see a little storm on the horizon. I understand that you might see that's going to be trouble, so I might as well plant right over here. But if you plant right over here, you won't be where God wants you to be, and you won't be able to go where God wants you to go, and you won't have... Where, you want, where he wants your family to go and you won't be where he wants your kids to go and, he doesn't, and you won't be where he wants your business to go. I'm telling you, forward movement usually means storm movement. Don't be surprised when some water starts coming into your boat. But there, there's always an opposition with your comfort zone and your calling zone. And God wants us to live in our calling zone and not live in our comfort zone. There are places that God is calling you to go that might feel like they're a little hard, but God wants you to go there. God wants you to be able to cross over. I know that there's some things and dreams and visions that God has placed inside of your heart, but they will not happen until you get in the boat and cross over. And there might be some storms there, but there always, there always comes a moment where you realize... I, I've, I've got to cross over, but he does not want you to do that worrying. So many of us feel like the only way that we can go to our calling or go to the other side or be where God wants us to be is worry our way there. And that's why you get so many grumpy Christians. I'm just doing what God wants me to do. God, I want to do that. What's wrong with you? I'm just, I just got to do what God wants me to do and we're going to do it. What's wrong with your face? What, what, why does it have to be where you're just white knuckling everything all the time? You're, you, you don't, you're not a good leader when you're like that. You're not a good parent when you're like that. You're not a good spouse when you're like that. You're not a good boss when you're like that. You, you, you don't lead well when you're worried like that. So when God asks us to cross over, 
He's not asking us to cross over in worry. He's asking us to cross over in peace. And I think one of the biggest killers of faith is worry. And God wants us to be at peace. And so there's this, there's this scripture in, in Philippians that I'm reminded of so many times. Verse 6 of Philippians chapter 4. And I've talked a lot about this. I've, I've preached messages about this. But I was thinking, man, could the disciples use this in the middle of a boat? Maybe you feel like you're in a boat and the storm is wrapped around. Maybe you feel like that right now. Maybe you feel like God asked me to do this, but why is it so hard? Maybe you feel like there are things coming on the horizon that you wish would never come. You know they have to come, but you don't want to work through them. You don't, you don't want to work through these different things that are coming down the pike in the next couple of months. And you feel like a storm is just kind of starting to circle your boat. And, 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 it, and, it, and it takes all of your thoughts. Can, can, I, can I say this one? Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Why do we do the opposite? We worry about everything, and we pray about nothing. And uh, come on, come on. Now, I'm not talking the church answer. I'm talking the real answer. Where we let worry always drive us. Where we let the things that are going on in our life, we're worried about our kids. We're worried about our finances. We're worried about our job. We're worried about this thing that's going to happen. How am I going to take care of my parents? I, I'm barely making, but now i got to take care. How am I going to do that? How am I going to do these things in the future? How am I going to move our business forward? How am I going to do this thing in the economy? Oh, my gosh, what's going on in our political system? I can't even do this. How am I going to make? I feel like i got time for nothing. Everybody wants my time but nobody wants to give me anything I feel like I'm depleted when I'm walking into every situation in my life oh my god and we worry 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 no wonder you feel like you can't cross over no wonder you feel like you're scraping the bottom of the barrel God doesn't want you to live like that he said don't worry about anything but we live in a culture that is built on worry that they only worry. That the only thing that sells newspapers that, that gets you to click on something is worry. Yeah. They, and they're feeding it to every single one of us. And I'm telling you, we don't live like this. Jesus has asked us, don't, don't, don't worry. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry. Well, what about, what about this? And what about that? You know what worry is? Worry is an alarm clock for your prayers. And the moment... You start worrying, you should start praying. The moment a worry thought comes in your mind, I got to pray. Because the Bible says worry about nothing, pray about everything. And so if you're a really good worrier, if you can change that, you'll be a prayer warrior instead of a worrier. And you'll start understanding, oh, every single thing that tries to enter in my mind, I don't got to build a house on it. I'm just going to lift it up to God in this moment. I'm not going to let the devil run around in my mind anymore. I'm going to open up my heart and say, God, take care of my family. God, take care
care of my kids. God, take care of my finances. God, take care of my future. God, take care of my past. God, take care of my friends. God, take care of my exams. God, do all of these things that I cannot do. But we, we worry. And it keeps us on that side when God wants us to cross over. Look at what this scripture says. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. Tell God what you need. And then it says this, and thank him for all he's done. Come on. So you, what you do is how you pray is you say, God, I got this thing. God, you know me. I haven't had a date in three years. I'm lonely. Your boy ain't getting a sniff. And God, I need help. But God, you've answered prayers before. And I remember the times you did this and this and this and this. And so, God, I'm going to believe that you're going to do that. And it looks impossible. It looks impossible. How many, how many times are we backing off from telling God what we need because we've forgotten what he's done? And if you remember what he's done, aren't you so much, e listen, I'll tell you this, my son has no problem asking me for a present. No problem, he's got no cap on that. He's a, at the, any, why? Because he remembers all the times that I've given him presents before. Have, have you, can, it, the thing that makes it easier to keep bringing things up to God and say what I need, God, I need you to be faithful in my finances. I need you to be faithful with my kids. I don't know how they're going to grow up. I don't know how they're going to be. God, I need you to be faithful. In college right now, I feel overwhelmed because I have no money, I have no time, and I got all of these things that I have to get done. God, I feel overwhelmed in my job. They keep giving me more responsibility without more pay, but that's how they keep doing. God, I feel overwhelmed. You keep telling him what you need, but you remember that he's been faithful over and over and over. And so you start, listen, you don't start, you don't have to remind God that he's faithful. You got to remind yourself that God is faithful. And so you start telling yourself what God has done, what God has done, what God has done, what God has done in your life. God saved you. God brought you to a place that you couldn't bring yourself. God saved your house. God saved that moment in your bank account when you felt like it was going under. God did some miracle there. God saved your marriage. God saved your life. God brought healing into your heart when you could not have helped yourself. God did it. God brought you back from the dead when you thought that you couldn't do it anymore. God brought you back. God brought you back into your calling. When you thought your mistakes had ended you, God brought you back into that calling. When you thought no one ever would believe in you again, God said, I believe. And because God believes in you, it doesn't matter what man says. It matters what God says. And you're reminded of that over and over and over again. And so that's why you pray. Because you're reminded God's faithful. God will do it. 
all of a sudden worry goes real low when Thanksgiving is real high. And that's how you get over to the other side. But the disciples, they didn't know that. (laughs) That's why they're so good for us. Mark chapter 4, verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. And the disciples woke him up shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're going to drown? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Silent, be still. Another translation says, peace, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Another translation says there was a great peace. And I was reading this and I was reminded that there's a better peace than the one that you and I want. There's a better peace than the one that you want. Jesus was sleeping through a storm. My wife can sleep through anything. She has what I would like to call a high faith content. Because she can sleep through anything. She also can go to sleep in 2.4 seconds. This is not my story. This is not my life. I hear one little beep and I'm like, let's go right now. What's up? I'm about, I'm about to give you the death blow. You know, like, I, I, I'm ready to go right now. Anybody else? No, no. Okay. It's just me with no faith. All right. Everybody else, you got awesome faith. But my wife, she can sleep through anything and it gets a little annoying because I'm like, did you not hear that? It sounded like the side of the house fell off. So I can relate to the disciples when they're feeling the boat going and the lightning and the thunder and then you see this guy in the back and you're like, must be nice. Yeah. Just chilling with his coma stove self right back there just sleep. You know, finally, finally all the thoughts get catch up to your words. You know, wake up! We're all gonna die! Which is also one of the reasons where I strongly dislike, I'm not gonna say strongly dislike that part of having kids. Because that's how they wake you up. I don't wake up in the morning and see Watson in the corner with a cup of coffee saying, Hello, Dad. Good morning. Oh, no, 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 I don't see that. I hear the sprint pitter-patter of feet followed by, Dad! Time for school, baby, let's go! I'm like, what? How do you wake up 110%? I mean, that's just not fair. I just don't like, you know, and, and, and now Jesus is getting the same treatment by his kids. We're going to die. 
wakes up. He speaks to the wind. And he speaks to the sea. Peace, be still. All stops. All the disciples. Oh. I didn't know it was that. Okay, oh, okay. Everything calms. And, and I was thinking about a different type of peace. What the disciples wanted was peace for the storm. What Jesus had was peace through the storm. And I feel like we've gotten caught up. We've got caught up in wanting to have peace from the waves instead of peace from the word. So many of us want God to stop the waves. God, I want better peace than that. I want peace from the worry, not the waves. Because if you have peace through the if you have peace from the worry, guess what you do? You sleep in the boat. You're not freaking out when the storm comes. And I, and I tell you, they will. And if they haven't, they, you'll see it. God, I need, I need peace from the worry. Right? When, when, when everybody tells me that our, our politics are upside down. When everybody tells me our, our nation is on a collision course for, to nothing. When people tell me my econ- the, the economy is broken and this can't be fixed. When, when people say that the, you better watch out, that, that job's not going to be there anymore. When people say, oh, look at what's happening to our world. When people try to uh, build up even more worry in my life about civil unrest. When people try to work into my heart that, oh, the church is dead and dying and no one believes that stuff anymore. When, when people try to work inside of my heart with all the worry of what's going to happen in the future and what's going to happen in this thing or that thing. And, and, and maybe worry has grabbed your heart because of a bad relationship or worry has grabbed your heart because you're scared of the future or worry has grabbed your heart because you're overcome with your past or whatever. I need peace from that worry because I want to sleep through a storm, right? I just don't need peace from the waves. Jesus, that was amazing. I love that you stopped the storm, but do you understand that that's not the point of this story? The point of this story is to show what happens when you put on peace. When you put on peace, you can sleep well. And all of a sudden, you start sleeping through things that everybody else is worried about. 
to you sleeping through what, oh, what's going to happen in the future? What's going to happen? I'm sleeping through that. It, I, it, it's better than Ambien. It's better than this. It's better than a pill that I need to take or a juice I need to drink or a thing that I need to do or meditation for 15 hours. It's better than I get, I get 18,000 massages. It's better than me getting all this uh, self-work on me. It's better than all of these things that everybody else tells me that I need to have. It's better than having a huge bank account. It's better than having everything secure all around me all the time is better than doing this or that I feel something on the inside of me that lets me sleep through a bad economy, that lets me sleep through a moment where I feel like I can't move in the future. It lets me sleep through the worries that I've had about my own family. It helps me sleep through the things that I felt like I, I, I've come up against and I don't have enough for. It's helped me sleep through things that everybody else is worried about. I'm okay because I put on peace. I put on peace. And I'm walking in a world that is built on worry. And I'm peaceful. Peace is not the absence of conflict. It's the ability to sleep through it. For those of you who are fighters, that the moment you start worrying, you're like, Throw, just show me where I need to punch. Peace. Be still. For those of you who are quiet and nonstop warriors inside your mind, God has given you peace. Some of you, you know, on a car, you can be in first year, but you can have the RPMs so high that they're almost in the red, but you're not going that fast. But your engine is working overtime. That is what your whole mind and spirit feel like when you worry. You're not going very fast, but your engine is working overtime. And God says, I've given you peace. You, you can have peace in your life. And it's not the absence of conflict. So Jesus, he settles the wind and the waves, and then he, he does this. Then he asks him, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? <laughs> Verse 41. This is why I like the disciples. The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. All my life, I've read this scripture. And I've always read it. Jesus turning around, he's like, Where, where's your faith? And me thinking like, yeah, they should have stood up and talked. They should have prayed for the winds and waves to die down. Like, they should have been okay. They, they could have they slept 
they should have been able, no, they should have been able to sleep through the storm, right? Like that's how, I, I, I was thinking like if they all would have slept in the boat, just like Jesus, he would have been like, now that's faith. Wow, you did good. But he actually wasn't talking about, as I read through this over and over, he wasn't actually talking about, oh, you don't have faith for the storm to settle or us to even get through it. He actually wasn't talking about that kind of faith. He was actually talking about their faith in who he was. He was talking, he was saying, do you not know who I am yet? Do you not really realize who you've been boating with? Do you not understand yet who I am? Where, that, that's why he asked, where is your faith? Look at what, the, what it said. Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And the disciples were actually absolutely terrified. Of what? Well, it's not the storm. The storm's calm. It's not there. Why are they scared? Who is this man? Who is, they're scared of him. And that's why he asked, where's your faith? Why are you scared of me? Do you not know who I am yet? Guys, do you know? And this is the key to peace. It's not what you know. It's who you know. This is the key to peace. Do you know him? This is, this is where peace comes from. And can I just say this again? It's not knowing about Jesus. It's knowing him. It's, it's knowing him. John 16, says it like this. I, I love this scripture. John 16, 33. I don't know if we, look, I have told you all this so that you may have peace. See, we get the have peace part. We don't understand a lot of times that, it, so you have peace in me. Peace does not come apart from Jesus. It, you, you will not get peace if you do not understand that peace comes in him. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrow. They're the storms. But take heart because I've overcome the storms. I've overcome, the, I've overcome your problems. I've overcome your family issues. I've overcome the things that no one else knows about. I've overcome the things that you won't tell anybody about. I've overcome your misgivings and your doubts. I've overcome the things that you're ashamed of. I've overcome the things that you're reminded of over and over again that say you're not worthy and you're not welcome. I've overcome those things that have come up against you and tried to knock you out and keep you on the side when God wants you to cross over. I've overcome the things that have built a wall inside of 
your heart that won't let anybody else in. I've overcome the things that have made you doubt who you are and why you're here on this earth. I've overcome your depression. I've overcome your anxiety. I've overcome your worry. I've overcome your unforgiveness. I've overcome your hurt. And I've overcome the things that you won't let anybody touch. I've overcome every single thing that you have let built up in front of you that look like Goliath. I've overcome those things. I've overcome the things that people say, you can't do that and you're not there and sit down and be quiet. Somebody else is better than you. I've overcome those things that have fed your low self-esteem. I've overcome every single one of them. But you will only feel that if you know that it's in me. You'll only feel it if it's in me. I, I, I thought about this idea. I don't know where Randall is. He's somewhere around here. I, I thought about this idea real quick. This, um, now, uh, th there's nothing, you know, this looks very scary, but it's just, just an egg. <laughs> um, now, this, this, some of you are like, oh my God, he's going to have something great. No, it's just an egg. Um, these are pretty sensitive, right? Come on, y'all. This is not like science. I'm not trying to trick you. They're just, they're just very sensitive. And they actually are worth a lot more than they used to be. So, so it's like, don't break that. Um, but there's a, like, with, I, I thought about this and I thought this, this reminds me of so many Christians. And unless they're carefully taken care of like this, the moment they go through a storm, they break. The moment you go through a financial hardship, you crack. Oh, you stop tithing, you stop giving, you, you're not, oh no, I gotta really batten down the hatches. Crack. The, the moment you go through some stuff with your family, you shut it down. You don't let anybody else in. You bring it all here and you're like, I can't let anybody in until we're all clean and nice. Then I'll let everybody see us because we're Instagram ready. I, 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 I've seen Christians that have gone through so much stuff. They've gotten hurt in other churches and so they won't open up in our church anymore because they've they're, they're bleeding all over themselves. And you're like, no, I don't trust church anymore. I don't trust. And I'm like, what, what happened to where you put a trust in a church? My trust is in God. It's not in a building or an organization. My trust is in Jesus and Jesus alone. If no one else was here, I'm still going to be worshiping him just like this. Because people are going to let you down at all times. But my faith is not in people. But when a, when a person uh, hurts them for one thing, crack, 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 they're done. Or, I mean, let, let these Christian eggs get on the internet for four minutes. Or scroll on Instagram or Facebook for two. And they're cracked all over because of what's happening in our world. So, so how do you walk through life when there's storms all the time? You understand that there's peace, but it's in Jesus.
in him. So, this is Jesus. Right? And, and, and that. Peace. You didn't have to go get it. I was going to go. That was nice. (laughs) Peace, right? So, like, you get thrown around. Come on. Come on. on. Like, you know, you're like, hey, man, I'm coming out of church, and and, and I'm going to work. I'm at work. Now my kid's at home. Right, and now, now I got financial issues, and I'm trying to get into college. How am I gonna do that? You know, then I gotta go to meet my family. That one uncle who is always that, that gosh, how? Well, let's see how we did. Come Still on. good. Come on. In Christ, yeah. I'm not. I'm not walking out of here like this. Yeah. I, I, world is too much. Nope. All right, Jesus, I'm good. That's how God intended us to live in Jesus, because you only get peace in Me. Come on, church, it's in Him. Your life is protected. Listen, you don't have to protect your finances. God's got it. You don't have to protect your family. God's got it. You don't have to protect your education. God's got it. You don't have to protect your future. God's got it. You don't have to protect your relationship. God's got that thing. You don't have to protect your marriage. God's got that thing. You just got to put yourself in Him. You got to say, at all costs, I'm going to put my life in Him. At all costs, I'm going to lay down my life for Him. At all costs, I'm going to give Him everything. Because I know when I give Him everything, He protects me from everything. That's why I pray about everything and I worry about nothing. I'm not going to let that... I am not going to live that life anymore. Come on, let's stand to our feet.